Welcome to the second season of One Word Check-In, the podcast for those who tend to check out when life becomes too much. When we live our lives checked out, we run on autopilot and often miss the richness life has to offer. We can become disconnected from our relationships and ourselves. No matter how busy we are, it's important to periodically pause and check in, not only with ourselves, but with others. That's how we stay connected to the present moment. And that's how we stay connected to God, because that's where God is, right here, right now. The one word check-in is a practice that summarizes feelings in one word. We check in with ourselves and name our well-being for the day, week, or season of life. I'm Pastor Christy and I'm glad you're here in this moment. I invite you to check in and think of one word that describes what you're feeling right now. Sometimes it's difficult to limit to one word, I know. So hyphenated words and phrases are okay. Are you ready? It's time to check in. What's your word for today? I will now share a short reflection centered on one word that can be used in meditation and self-reflection throughout your week. The word is taken from scripture in which I will read before the reflection. I invite you to listen to the scripture for the word, phrase, or image that draws your attention. Now this podcast coincides with Exploring Scripture, a community that practices Lexia Divina together. If you'd like more info about Exploring Scripture, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, foothillsumc.org. Get comfortable and open yourself to the word that God has for you today. The scripture for this week is John 6, 25 through 35. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not gotten into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. But some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? 
Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Today's episode is actually a bonus episode. It is the sermon that I delivered uh, on Sunday, November the 20th, 2022 at Foothills United Methodist Church in La Mesa, California. This sermon was based on the scripture, John 6, 25 through 35, that tells about Jesus as the bread of life. I've shared with many of you before that I left the church for about 15 years. And we have some new folks here and uh, so glad to have you. Glad you're here. Hope that you find a home here. We welcome you. So for you, I will explain a little bit that I was raised Southern Baptist, uh, formed and wrapped in theology that I found stifling and confining with a good dose of shame and guilt. Now, I know the people and many of them family members had good intentions about passing on the faith, but often it came off to me as manipulation. And so as a young woman in the South in the 80s, I had to break free from the stipulations and limitations put upon me. So I left the church. Now, it was the only expression of church I had ever known, so it didn't occur to me that there are different expressions out there. So I spent those 15 years living on my own terms making my own decisions. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ugly ones. But what I remember most about those times was not the the freedom that I so longed for, but the loneliness. There was something within me that was searching for meaning, belonging, and unconditional love. I looked for those things in all the wrong places and from people who weren't capable of giving me those things. 
All the while, unbeknownst to me, God was working to give me those things. God was busy paving a way for me to find my way back to God. The only one who could give me those things. But as many of you know who have or are in the process of deconstructing your faith, it was not that easy. I mean, it was messy, in fact, and I had a lot to learn and work through uh, my own junk that I brought into the mix. I can't blame it all on my family or the church. So I had to come face to face with my own selfishness that misguided my intentions that prevented me from seeing the work of God. So when I was first introduced to the United Methodist Church, we were living in Oklahoma, and I went to church for the wrong reasons. Now, Andy and I were, were not attending church at the time, but the local UMC offered a Mother's Day Out program two mornings a week. I was a new mother, Andy was frequently deployed, and we had no family nearby. I needed affordable childcare just so I could take a break and catch my breath. So we also signed up to participate in the church's angel food program. For $25 a month, uh, we would receive a large box of groceries um, that had choice meats and produce and food staples. So as a young married couple living on one income, money was tight, and this really helped us financially. We drive to the church and get in the long line of cars waiting to receive our food. And I remember watching the many volunteers unloading the boxes from a big refrigerated truck and loading them into trunk after trunk. And it was interesting to see this expression of church. Now later, after we moved to California, we had three children under five, and I signed up for a weekly women's Bible study only for the free childcare. I figured it was worth suffering through the Bible study if I could just get a break from changing diapers and refilling sippy cups. But what I didn't know at the time was that I was about to encounter the living God in that Bible study. What I didn't know but was going to soon learn was that I had a deeper need than free childcare. Buried under the physical needs, I had a deep spiritual need to encounter Christ. So what I didn't know at the time, but I know now, is that I encountered Christ all along through the people who were doing the work of the church. Now, recently, I was watching a show on Netflix called In the Dark. 
If you're not familiar with this show, the main character is Murphy Mason, who is blind and often uses her disability to play on people's sympathy to get what she wants. Now, Murphy gets herself into all kinds of trouble, but is wrongly accused of murdering a drug lord, which lands her in jail. Now, because the local jail was not uh, disability accessible, she has to go to the prison to await her hearing. So while in prison, she learns that one of the drug lord's gang members is also there and wants revenge. So she tells Murphy that she is coming for her and puts a razor blade in Murphy's sandwich. And right now you're thinking, what on earth is our pastor watching? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Murphy realizes she can't trust what she eats there. So she doesn't eat, and she doesn't know who to trust. Well, the prison assigns her another, uh, assigns another inmate to lead her to and from the cafeteria. But in this scene, I want to share that I want to share with you today. The guide takes her to the chapel instead of the cafeteria. This scene really resonated with me. I recognized that hunger. And when someone provided an opportunity to taste the bread of life, 
I also just gobbled it up. I couldn't get enough. Christ revealed a deeper spiritual longing, and I had to choose to either die of starvation or trust Jesus to feed me. So when I chose to trust Jesus, Christ revealed to me that I was coming to church for the wrong reasons. I mean, they were very real needs. But I was coming solely for what I could get rather than who was giving it. Christ loved and cared for me through these people caring for my children, loading food boxes into my car, and introducing me to a new way to encounter Christ through Scripture. So when I focused only on my needs and what the church could do for me, I missed that it was Jesus who fulfilled my needs. And that's exactly what happened in the scripture today. The people were looking for Jesus because they had participated in the miracle of feeding the multitudes. They had experienced firsthand the mystery that no one could explain, yet they still focused on their needs. Jesus knew their motivation and said to them, you're only looking for me because your bellies are full. Their, their motivation to find Jesus was to get more free food. And they focused more on what they could get from Jesus rather than who Jesus is. They were following Jesus for the wrong reason, and so they missed the work of God. The whole purpose of the miracle was to show the people a sign of who Jesus is and to show them that they actually have a deeper need. They thought their need was physical food because they felt hungry and that gnawing ache in their bellies alerted them that they needed to be satisfied. It's a very real need. I mean, the crowd was out on this hillside away from the village, and Jesus asked, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? Jesus saw their need and got to work fulfilling it by including the disciples in his work. But Jesus also knew there was a deeper hunger for the people to even go to this hillside in the first place, a need they didn't even know they had. The people thought they needed physical food at the time, but when they encountered Christ as the bread of life, their true hunger was revealed and satisfied. Jesus satisfied both of their hungers, in fact, the physical and the spiritual, but when their spiritual hunger was fed, they were brought in to be a part of of the work of God. And the people ask, what must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Jesus is the true work of God 
and the works we perform point to Jesus. Jesus calls us to believe, not a passive intellectual exercise, but believing with a total commitment with our lives. Believing that Jesus is the one who satisfies our deepest longing, and then we trust that Jesus will appear and meet us in the heart of our needs. Now, the trust part is hard to do. And where we church folks get sidetracked sometimes, especially now in the post-pandemic church. We spend a lot of time and energy into just getting people to show up. We focus more on attracting people to the church. With our culture changing to a more secular mindset and so much competition with activities and events on Sundays, we're just happy when people show up. We think that if people show up, then we must be doing something, right? The people in the crowd in the scripture just showed up. But they could care less about being a follower of Jesus. They wanted more of what they could get from Jesus. So their bellies would stay full. They didn't want to be hungry again. And Jesus Jesus made it so easy just to show up and be fed. But when they encountered Jesus... He told them, you'll always be hungry if you're focusing on your hunger. I am the bread of life, the one who can truly satisfy your hunger. Focus on me, the real work of God. And the people said, yes, give us this bread always. Give us more of Jesus. The people no longer wanted the free food. They wanted Jesus to free them. This encounter the people had with Jesus was only possible through Jesus' feeding program. I mean, it provided the opportunity, but it wasn't the program that fed their true hunger. In our new expression of church that is just now unfolding, we focus more on providing opportunities for people to encounter the living Christ and trust that Christ will meet them in their need. I'm not talking about creating more programs or using fog machines in worship. But I'm talking about how we treat people. How we live our lives in ways that people encounter Christ through us. So they say, yes, give us this bread always. During this very important time in the church, we can't lose our focus on Jesus. We can't put our time and energy and resources into attracting people to programs. Or we are inviting people to come to church 
for the wrong reasons. We align our focus and our lives on putting our trust in Jesus because we have experienced his miracle of feeding us. We have encountered Jesus over and over and know that he is the one who has given us meaning, belonging, and unconditional love. And so we're passionate about becoming a follower of Jesus so others can encounter Jesus too through us and through the ministries of the church. When we pack the food bag at the pantry, when we provide housing for refugee families, when we deliver meals, when we help families at Christmas, we aren't doing it to get people to come to church. We're doing it so they can encounter the living Christ through us. And we just trust that Jesus will take care of the rest. And when they encounter the living Christ, we have performed the work of God. So where is God calling you to join in the work of God? Today on Commitment Sunday, we commit our resources to the work God is doing here at Foothills, but we also commit our lives. We believe with a total commitment to Christ that Jesus will not only satisfy our needs, but also the needs of the world. We commit our hearts this day because we know that the bread of life feeds us. Yes, give us this bread always. Amen. Thank you for listening to One Word Check-In. Share it with your friends if you found it meaningful. May God's grace and peace surround you this day.